You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our Lord commands us to love our neighbor, and this command isn't just for Christians, it's for every single person who lives in this world. The law that we should love God with all our heart and with all our minds and with all our strength, and that we should love our neighbor as ourselves, has also been written upon our hearts according to our conscience. And our consciences bear witness, even as it accuses us for our sins, or excuses us and our behavior by setting boundaries around who and when we can love. Now, on January 22nd, 1973, our country answered the question that a man once posed to Jesus, a lawyer, in fact. And the question is, who is my neighbor? They answered the question by legally declaring that babies in the womb are not neighbors, that God requires us to love, but appendages of the body, they can be kept or discarded as the, as the mother chooses. Now, as Christians, we we do not treat this decision with indifference or by thinking that it is underneath the bounds of human freedom. In fact, we hold it, as we do everything else in this life, under the instruction and the admonition of God's Word. And the Lord tells us in His Word that real lives have been lost. And it teaches us that even though we may hear about abortion over and over and over again on the news or when it comes up in discussions among friends, uh, or whether you hear people who are for it or against it talk about an advocate for the various positions, uh, the Holy Scriptures teach us that when we hear about it, we should be weeping, that we should lament because the children are no more. And this is, this is why we're here tonight. We pray that the Lord would grant repentance to our country, that all hearts may learn to love children, the least of our neighbors, who have been fearfully and wonderfully made. And we also pray to be given hearts like Rachel, who wept for her children, because they are no more. Now, when we pray this, Our Heavenly Father answers, and He doesn't answer with anger against our sins. But He answers with grace. He answers with His Son, Jesus, who cleanses our our consciences from guilt by His holy and precious blood. Now, when we think about where we are in this country and how we got here, we have to realize that sort of the collective conscience of our country is broken. It's broken in a, in a few uh, very important ways. It's broken with regard to the child's humanity, right? It doesn't, it doesn't look at the child in the womb and think of it as a person. It's also broken with regard to the sort of absolute command to pursue happiness and the idolatry of that. And this is, both of these express a brokenness that comes from trying to escape the bounds and the reality that God has written onto our hearts in his law. 
Now, like I said before, we, sh- we should be crying for the sake of the babies, but sadly, even among Chris- Christians, it seems like there's all too often a hollow silence, right? We, even when we think that it's wrong, who am I to speak up about it? Uh, who am I to talk about it among my friends or even sometimes among my family? And I think that the temptation is this, that, that uh, besides being a bump in the mother's belly that we can see, the child is conspicuously out of sight. And the demons would trick us into thinking that there's nothing there at all. That when you do notice something, that it's the mother's business, her choice, her life, not yours. But this attitude of putting the burden of what is going on inside her womb totally upon the mother's shoulders, rather than keeping it in the family and the society where the child belongs, is, is, is not right. It's not according to God's word. You see, silence isn't mere indifference about the mother's life. It's, it's an attack upon the humanity of the child, the child who has a unique body that kicks, that jumps, that grows. Now, if we think to ourselves that the child isn't a person, then we can start to think of it in ways that it can be used or done away with for the sake of the pursuit of happiness, right? And this is when you're going to hear things about self-determination, that it's up to the individual to choose uh, uh, his or her manner of happiness and how he or she are are going to pursue it and, and, and grab a hold of it. It's true that the Lord desires his creatures to be happy. But he sets our happiness always within the boundary of vocation. The world, on the other hand, would have us pursue happiness even if it transcends these boundaries of vocation. And so if sex makes you happy, pursue it for its own sake. What about the natural consequences of children? Well, if you can call the growing living being in your children a non-human, not a person, then the problem can be headed off, right? Now, this thinking beyond the bounds of vocation is really thinking against the Ten Commandments. It's thinking against conscience. And this is important for us to realize because abortion doesn't pertain just to the Fifth Commandment, right? That you shall not murder. But it pertains to all the commandments. It's a sin against fatherhood and motherhood. It's a sin against the true purpose and beauty of sexuality. Uh, It's against the property that the baby will need in in the baby's life. It's against the baby's reputation and even a sin against the happiness that the Lord would give to the child. Now, here's the thing. It is true. It is absolutely true. All of these things that are to be given to the baby are a burden upon others. The mother, the father, the greater family, the community. Yes, It's a burden, but the scriptures call this burden love. The corruption of our conscience and the conscience of this world really has one remedy, and that is to be conformed to the word by which it was created. As Christians, this is our anchor and our compass. God's word pulls us back from the thought that we can escape the reality of loving our neighbor. And so in the Holy Scriptures, we learn that the children need to be loved because Jesus 
loves the children. He says, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. And we don't have to wonder about whether or not uh, the growing being inside a a, a woman's womb is a real person or not. Because uh, uh, David says, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, uh, he praises God saying, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. See how he's speaking about himself as a real person at that time. David says, Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me. The Son of God himself blessed the very moment of conception as the beginning of real human life because that's when he chose to enter this world as its redeemer. Jesus, this is important to realize, that Jesus didn't magically or miraculously appear as a little baby outside of Mary's body. But he was pleased and content to grow, to mature within Mary's womb, just like you did in your own mother's womb. And this is exactly why Elizabeth rejoiced when Mary came to meet her, because she knew that she was in the presence of her Lord and her Savior, even though she could not see her outside of Mary's body, that she could not see Jesus outside of Mary's body. And what Jesus has sanctified with his own life, uh, we dare not make light of by calling abortion either an indifferent thing or, even in the language of the activists, a, a good work, a work of empowerment. Or, in quiet embarrassment, we, we say nothing when the lives are given over to human choice. But every one of us in, in this room, and as, as long as we've been pious Christians, or maybe have not been pious Christians, uh, in some way or fashion, we, we have been silent. We have been indifferent. And we have uh, become lax in our prayers for the babies. We've cheapened human life that Christ was pleased to redeem through his own life. Now, I, I think, statistically speaking, that even in a small group that's gathered in this room, uh, many, there's probably a good group of you among the group that are familiar with the pain of abortion, right? You know the guilt and the shame that comes with it. You have personal experience of it. And under the, the light of God's word, you don't have anywhere else to hide, but instead you find waiting for you the broken heart of Rachel, who weeps for her children. But your Lord would not leave you without hope or comfort. Your Heavenly Father wants more than a, than a, than a, a conscience standing bare and naked under God's will. Because that's really a terrified conscience. He desires you to have peace. And though in sin we are responsible for having rejected the children, in love, Jesus bore rejection, the rejection of sinners, unto death, so that you would not be rejected by God because of your sin, but so that you could be chosen and precious in your Father's sight. 
And though we have selfishly chased after our own happiness rather than the needs of children, Jesus gladly suffered our selfish desires and the desires of men who despise God and his word. He gladly endured all the malice, hatred, and violence that sinners could dream up. He bore the marks upon his back and his hands, his feet. But most importantly, Jesus wants your guilt, and he wants your shame. And Jesus takes it from you. He pays the price for these with his life. And then for your certainty and for your comfort. Against the thought that God is perpetually angry with you, that he hates you, he says, it is finished. And so for Christ's sake, I announce the grace of God to you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear saints, remember that you're baptized. God gives you his word not to crush you, but to grant you adoption, to be his children forever. And as baptized Christians, we learn to pray to God. Yes, lamenting for the lives that have been lost, but also with hope and confidence, knowing that even if we can't keep back the flood of the world's hatred against children, that God certainly can. And that all human life, all of it, rests in his loving hands. What this means is that we have holy work set before us. And the author of Hebrews talks about it. He says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works. And this is why we're here tonight. To learn to love our neighbor and to do the good work of praying for them. We pray that Jesus comes quickly, that he gives us his Holy Spirit so that in faith, uh, so that in faith that we may trust in his mercy, that we would be delivered from an evil conscience. We pray that he would defend the weak and all the helpless from violence. Amen. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. 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 We pray the litany.
We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 9.15, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 10.45 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 8.30 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 9.30 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.